This is of My Dark Hour with Morgan and Carrie. And today we have such a special event for you guys. Carrie, do you want to tell them what we're going to be talking about? We are doing Green River Killer Revisited 20 year anniversary. 20th anniversary of Gary Ridgeway's arrest. Take that motherfucker down. Um, and I've realized that we started doing the Green River Killer podcast four years ago <gasps> which is shocking to me how did that time go by i don't know Ugh. um yeah Whoa. so yeah we thought we'd revisit our still our favorite topic probably yeah we like talk about it a lot just in our free time also there have been some new developments since we last talked about this case so we have some new things to add and also just rehashing old things, I think, too. Mm-hmm. New feelings. New feelings. About old things. About old things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have reread. Actually, <laughs> I've read, reread a lot of the Green River Killer books, but most importantly, I reread <gasps> Chasing the Devil by Sheriff Dave Riker. <gasps> and so. <laughs> In rereading it, this time what I was noticing was that it was chock full of mistakes. I mean, girl, wall to wall mistakes. Girl. Girl. It's so bad. But you know what the crazy thing? And I like I was re-listening to our old po- the Bustling Sex Bazaar podcast. <laughs> I found that and page. He, you know, there were there were a lot of details though, like throughout that podcast that he mentioned that, like, weren't in other things. So it makes me go, like, hmm, were they accurate? I know, I know. Because, okay, the other major source that we used for this was Green River Killer, Mind of a Monster. Um, And that had a lot of details. And there were things where I was like, hmm, is that true? But did you notice the absence, the complete absence of Sheriff Dave Riker? I did. That's so probably what made too. it as good as it was. Right? I was like, that motherfucker's not here sucking his own dick. I know. And it was like very Faye Brooks and Sue Peters heavy. And I was like, oh my God. Very Sue Peters heavy. It was great. The so interviews great. with her were fabulous. Also, um, Matt, Matt Haney, Haney shows up. a freaking hottie dude. Oh, I know. I did not realize how much of a hottie he is. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Those pictures of him, like... In Oof. the early 80s. Oof. Even though mustache. he's got a mustache, which I normally very oh. much frown upon. Oh, no, no, no. He no, pulled it no. off. Wait, wait. Hold up. Girl, a mustache makes everything better. You could take whoa, whoa, a whoa, whoa. really disgusting man and put a mustache whoa, on him, whoa, and I'm whoa. like, yes, daddy. No, 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 no. I like facial hair. Facial hair, definitely. But just a mustache with no beard. That's all I want. Mustache. That's it. Holy shit. Mm. Does Paul know this? Can he grow? Is he going to grow a mustache? Oh, he he has had a mustache and he won't, he doesn't, he doesn't care if I like it. 
Does he, he doesn't do, want it. Does he do the things where he waxes the ends so oh, it looks like no, dude, not a that 19th type. century okay, no, not drugstore kind of owner? Because you are an automatic douche if you oh. have the waxed thing. I'm automatically like, mm-mm. People who take care of their facial hair like that, who like use waxes and like perfumes on their beard, I'm like, fuck off you. You're making it too much of your identity. What if though it became like the 19th century where all men were rocking insane facial hair? Oh no, I'd be down for that. I would be so down for that. Like, oh my chops. God, girl. Well, Paul does have mud chops. He does, you're right. <laughs> I kind of like, forgot that. Oh my God, like Civil War era oh, like facial yeah. hair. Like, yes, gone. I'd be down. How did they get like so creative with their shaving facial hair situation back then? I don't then, know. Too? I don't know. And I don't know if you've also seen like what the women would do to their hair. I can't remember what <laughs> era, like what part of the Victorian, like 1850s maybe. Was there a lot of molding happening? Well, they would put like these sort of elaborate, yeah, like support structures and, <sighs> and like, you know, wind their hair over it. Oh, yes. Now I'm totally spacing, but there was a show or a movie, see, and they they did accurate, I think it's 1850s, like 1850s hairstyles, and they Ooh. look ridiculous. <gasps> yes. But they were correct. Like, and so, yeah, we, we tend, I think, to think of a Victorian era as being sort of. Um, conservative in that way, but they were like, but I don't crazy think ass they hair. were going wild with their <laughs> hair. So yes, so yeah, we support that. Yeah, a return to just full facial mm-hmm. hair. And I, you know, I'll go for the Matt Haney girl. I just want a Matt Haney. He, Ivan came up while I was watching it, and he was like, "Is that your guy?" I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my guy." You know, that's my guy. He's Girl, I have so much to say about Matt Haney too. Once we get to that section, okay, yeah, like we have, we need to talk about like his role and how that documentary in particular portrayed him. Is it is it different? Is it different than how other documentaries portrayed him? Well, I don't think I. There was a lot of mention of him in other documentaries, Um, and this one was very. It was pretty much like Matt Haney. Holding a torch, though he did leave the task force. Anyway, we'll get to that later. So, um, do we want to? Do we want to start with? Have we talked about like? No, we did talk about remembering him getting arrested and all of that. Who? Gary Ridgway. Yes. Yeah, we do talk about that for Can sure. Can you believe it's been twenty years? <sighs> no. That's wild. Because I was already an adult. Yeah. When it happened, Holy and shit. so it's like, oh god, like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's real. Like middle age has become oh. a, has become a real thing. It's very um, weird. It is weird. It's, yeah, um, and I think even though there's been, you know, I would say a true crime boom <laughs> in recent years, I don't think the Green River Killer has been. A hot topic of conversation. Interestingly enough, mm, I girl, I think he's getting there. You think he's getting there? Mm-hmm. I think when ID Network is making a hour and a half long documentary, uh, it's there. I think when Netflix does yeah. a documentary, I think that'll. But I just, I don't, I don't know if it's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't know. I had, and I'll tell you. I mean, we talked about how sort of disappointing Gary Ridgway was as a serial killer. And I told you this, I had somebody at work be like, do you really think he was the Green River Killer? What? Yeah. You did not tell me that. I didn't tell you that? 
because we were talking about it because this guy grew up in Kent and he brought it up. Interestingly, I didn't think he would. Um, but he was like, yeah, like, do you really think it was him? And I'm like, it was definitely him. Yeah. And he was like, well, I don't know. And he didn't go into it, but I know the implication <laughs> was that he was too, he was too boring. Yeah. Like he didn't seem interesting enough to be a serial killer. Yeah. And I'm like, do you know what it would have taken for it to be somebody else or to be two people? Like, there's no fucking way. No. It's definitely just him. Yeah. A hundred percent. But it was shocking to have somebody be like, well, I don't know. Mm, so that's kind, of, that's kind of interesting. I don't know if that's a common belief. Hmm. I think, too, the, the other thing about the documentary, because there's a lot of footage of his, um, of his like, interviews after he was caught in there. Okay, a couple of things that struck me. Um, number one, he calls them bitches so much. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like like control yourself like he's clearly like such a gross misogynist number one number two like he is actually oh my god like i just feel like he's really basic like i just like everything that's in there i'm like oh my god like the way that he like his house is decorated and like it just is like yeah it like reminds me of like gross 70s i don't know oh a lot to talk about with him oh But this this documentary was really good because I think it showed um, it showed a lot of details that like we have not had access to before. Oh no. And it kind of makes me like like I want to get access to more details. Well, we've talked about this that we need to figure out how do you get access to like case files? Can you? I think you well, okay. I think you can with like cases that are closed like you could just file like a freedom of information act right well because how do these shows get it so yeah that's okay what i'm saying so we can we can talk about just the documentary in general so okay, okay what's what's the full title green river killer mind of a monster yeah id network yes mm-hmm. okay watched on amazon i watched it on youtube tv i found okay. it again but it was the title was in espanol but the rest of it was in English. That's right, I remember this. I remember you're like, oh, there it is. It's in Espanol. Oh. Um, and I can't remember why I watched this originally. I don't remember wh- how I found this, whatever. Girl, think, don't you just watch every Green River Killer thing? Well, I, what I used to do is I used to go on YouTube and just like watch everything. But now that YouTube's cracked down on copyright violation, you can't find as much stuff as you used to be able to. So I don't remember how I found this. Um... But it was on Amazon. I bought it because it's like $2 to buy an episode. <laughs> and, you know, and I've seen, I think, every Green River Killer documentary. They're yeah. always exactly the same. Yeah. Identical, except uh-huh. for the narrator. Everything else is the same. Right. There is always cheesy reenactments uh-huh. of, like, him driving <laughs> in his truck and, like, kind Which of... this one also has. This one also has. Yeah. Fake-looking prostitutes, like, you know, <laughs> leaning on the highway. Which this one also has. This one also has. <laughs> um, interviews with the same fucking people, which yeah. this one also has. Mm-hmm. Um... And sort of, it, it follows just the very, the sort of stock narrative. Yeah. So I was like, all right, like, this is going to be the same shit, right? Mm-hmm. But then, so it has the new, the new true crime thing, which is the drone footage. Oh, yeah. Dude. Uh, mm. Which, okay, I got mad because the footage that they were using, so some of it was accurate. Yes. But some of it, I'm like, why are you doing this, like, mountainous I know. area? Like, this is not, they, like, would do a river in the mountain. I'm like, that's not Green River. That's no. not the Green River. No, Why and are you I doing this? I agree. 
So Mount Sai was in one of them. I know, I like, know. Like, what the fuck? They, were, they weren't in Mount North Bend. So the drone footage, I'm very tired of because oh, I'm so sick of the because fucking Netflix, a hundred percent of their true crime, like 80 percent of a hundred percent of true crime documentaries <laughs> are drone footage. I know, just slow drone footage, like looking at whatever. So I was like, I dude, all right, but 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 this like you said some of their drone footage was like very accurate and i was yeah. like oh shit like they're actually showing like where bodies were found uh-huh. like so that was interesting so right yeah. off the bat i was like oh okay they've okay. done a little research here i'm into it i'm into it right they open up on frager road yeah is it frager like, or frager 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 i don't know Fuck, I don't know. whatever it but is. yeah they, they actually open up like where the like four uh-huh. bodies in the river were found yeah and i'm like oh shit yeah they're doing this correct. Oh, and Wendy Caulfield. So they do yep. that whole, the, all the Green River bodies, they do it all correctly. Oh my God. And they had the kid who found yes. Wendy Caulfield's body. You guys. Oh my God. So he's like a grown ass man now. And he was talking about like just being there with his friend, which I think they were like, what, in their early teens uh-huh. or something. Uh-huh. And they saw like brand new, like, tennis shoes on something down in the like river so they go down there and like wade in and then they see a jacket tied around her body and he's like going out there and his friend is like oh my god stop and then they realize that like it's a woman and he said oh my god which i can totally i get this he's like i still don't like the look of human hair under water yep Oh my god! So that, that like was, fucked him up so bad. That was one of the key differences I felt with this documentary is that the whoever was doing the interviews with people must have been asking much better questions uh-huh. than normal because the responses were way better. Mm-hmm. I mean, the interviews were like a whole like two or three like levels above what I've seen. Yeah. Um, just like way more interesting stuff was being talked about, and sort of the trauma of yeah. this whole experience was being discussed. Well, plus, like, they, I think they opened it up, too, because, like, they interview neighbors, yeah. and they interview co-workers, yep. and people that Gary Ridgway was in the Navy with. Like, it's a bunch of people. And um, the people you want to talk to. Exactly. Because they yeah. always talk to the cops, and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know what the cops say about this, because they've been interviewed in every fucking documentary. Yeah. But his fucking childhood neighbor, I want to hear what they <gasps> oh, have to say. You know, like his buddy at Kenworth. I want to hear what he has to say. Yes. The neighbor across the street. Oh I definitely God. want to know what she has to say. Oh, so. yeah. And she has some stuff to say. She has some. Mm. Oh, my God. I know. The other thing, though, that I, like, really, um, that I really loved was that they really focused. Like, Faye Brooks was the one bringing us through. Like, I think she yes. and Sue, which I was like, oh, my God. This is awesome that they're, like, having the ladies talk about it. Um, because I think Absolutely. that they have a really they have a very different, different perspective. perspective. Yeah. Than like a Dave Reichert. So it was <sighs> awesome. I was like, yes, God. Okay. So not, I feel like I bring this up a lot, but like Sounds of the Lambs of all the serial killer movies, it's by far my favorite. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it's the only one, I think it's the only one that's any fucking good, but it's really about a woman saving other women mm-hmm. from a serial killer mm-hmm. and that's the whole that's like it that story doesn't work if it's a man like yeah. it's really about her journey and the movie is better than the book because the movie is like very explicitly about misogyny yeah and the misogyny that she experiences um Clarice. and so i think yeah this as well i think focusing 
very intentionally, I think, on the women police officers and more on the victims, not as much as I would have liked, but more. There yeah. was, I think, more effort than typically there is yeah, to make them human. Totally. And when I got into it, because it starts off with like a, like focusing on the victims, I was like, oh, sweet. Like, this is going to be very victim-centric. And then it really does switch to like it does. more murder-centric. But like... I think that also could be because there are straight up so many victims. Although it was interesting because the ones that they did really focus on were the white ones. Carol Christensen, like Wendy Cox. Like there were no... Here's a question. Did we focus more on the white victims when we talked about them? Because we didn't talk about everybody because you can't. There's too many. many. Did we do that? I don't think so. I think we talked a lot about... I think we just talked about like... I don't know. I don't remember. I don't either. Um, it would be interesting to go back and listen because I would not be surprised if we did. You can you can read into that as much as you want because I, you know. Girl, I mean, like, but, everything is white supremacy. Well, but also I think a lot of the information, like in Anne Rule, which that book is flawed, yeah. but it does give you way more information about the victims than anywhere else does. But yeah. even in that book, I think she focuses more on the white victims. Yeah. I'm almost positive she does. Oh yeah. And, and this is, this is something new that I discovered and I don't have the numbers here, which I really should. So my apologies, but more of the victims than I realized were indigenous. Really? Yes. Cause I always just thought, Oh, Patricia yellow robe. That's yeah. it. No. What? Yeah, more of them were who you may not have realized that just by like looking at them, but yeah. they were like they were like members of tribes. Oh. And I'm like, that's really interesting Holy just because moly. there's been so much right, there's coverage like, mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, right? Like that I think everyone's trying to make, you know, there's the like missing white woman syndrome and then people are I think making an effort to really because so many indigenous women go missing each year or are murdered or whatever. It's, it's like, like not covered. It is unfucking real. I know. When you look at the numbers, it's I like, know. It's oh very my God. Yeah. And from very like kind of focused areas, it's, oh Jesus. Yeah. And like, is that serial killing? Like, yeah. What the fuck's happening over there? I know. Ew. Sorry. I'm derailing I, no, it from, but, the, from but, the documentary, but, but yeah. But like, it's actually really. I think really important to talk about the fact that like we didn't know that even I mean like the fact that that was not something that was that we like yeah. discussed even the first time around That's, and I, should, I didn't know it it's I should know yeah. and I should know the names and I I don't um but like Marta Reeves mm-hmm. who was one of the later victims who they didn't realize um didn't realize was a victim until he was caught mm-hmm. she was she was indigenous mm-hmm. um I can't remember what tribe but anyway so there's but I didn't know that until I was reading like I don't know if it's the Charlie Project. Hmm. Do you know those websites that yeah. are kind of about like unsolved cases or missing people? Like I feel like it was in there, maybe yeah. that it was talked about. Um, yeah. Wow. But it was interesting. So anyway, so um, so yeah, the documentary it starts off yeah like drone footage, and then it goes in, but it then it goes into like Wendy Caulfield, who I don't know much about really, but they interview her. Is it her sister? Mom? Sister. That's yeah. right. It's her sister. And talks about their childhood i'm like oh fuck yeah. i mean it's so bad like just like super impoverished or like the, i think yeah, the like mom, mom had her was 14 when she had her yeah and then her mom like when she when wendy was like a teenager her mom just like couldn't handle it yeah. she was just like no i can't do this and just gave her up to the state yeah it was like oh just put her in basically in juvie 
Oh my god. And so, yeah, so she was just like... She was she, 15. Yeah. And what he, the fuck? And he broke her arm. Oh god, I hate... Okay, that was so horrifying to me. The way that he talks about it. Just like so callously. That's like, really interesting though. Snap. And I don't remember if we talked about that already, but... I don't remember hearing about any other victims that had broken bones. Mm-mm. So it's weird that that one, which is, as far as we know, the, the first, first, that he, like, it was more violent, maybe. Yeah. Than, excuse me, maybe because he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, he said, he, and he even says, he's like, I didn't, I don't know if I put my knee on her or something, but I heard it, her arm snap, and it just makes me feel so bad. Oh, God. Ugh. But they also have different pictures of her yeah. that I've never seen. Yeah. Which is so important yeah. to really like think of these women as like it's very easy to get caught in the whole like, oh, it's that one picture that I've yeah. seen a thousand times. But like with a lot of these women, I feel like there's like that's what they have. There's like and doesn't doesn't one of the books talk about that? Where there's just maybe. like one picture of Yeah. Who was it? I think it was like maybe it was Cheryl Wims. Where there's, like, not even any pictures, really. Yeah. It's, like, that's so sad. It's... uh, But at the same time... Okay, yes, it is. But at the same time, if this was a family member of yours, would you... I mean, maybe you would. Yeah, but I would want them to be humanized. It's interesting, because I feel like a lot of these families are like, no, fuck that. Like, I don't want to, like... I don't want to be participating in this sort of internet stuff. So it's interesting when every once in a while you'll go to, like, find a grave... And somebody, usually a family member, has posted a new picture yeah. of a victim. Because, like, Opal Mills's brother, Garrett, I think his name is, mm-hmm. he he posts pictures. Really? Yeah, he he goes on Find a Grave and, like, comments. Oh, my God, because I've only ever seen that one picture of Opal is actually one that I was thinking about. Like, I've only ever seen that one picture of her. And it's a weird picture because it's, like, there's, like, a lot of, like, there's a shadow, shadow over her, her face. face. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm always, like, I can't even really tell what she looks like and... Okay, so that was another thing with this documentary. There are crime scene photos. photos which I've never nope. seen. No. Nope. Never. Now there's only a couple. So like, there's there's yeah. one of um with the river body, there's you can see an arm under uh-huh. like some rocks. And then there's Opal laying face like her down. back. Yeah. You can't see her head or her face, but you can see like her back and yeah. like her bra strap. Yeah. Kind of. But those are that's it though, right? No, there no. Cause, well, there's also photos of Carol Christensen. Oh yeah, not her body, but the, the stuff fish. that was found on her. Yeah, which that's the true. fish really disturbed me. I know. I was really spooked, but I don't know. I was too. Ugh, I don't like that at all. Um, but yeah, so it it it's it's a much more raw, I think, experience than yeah. it. It doesn't follow, I think, the the classic narrative. Yeah. That that the other um, documentaries do. Um. I'm trying to think. And then what else do they... I'm trying to think at that point. Like, yes, yeah, so you get you see crime scene footage. And pictures of his house, the inside of his house. Oh, well, <gasps> that's... Yeah, then when they get into, like, um, when they were invest. Oh, I feel like... Isn't there Melvin Foster stuff that's interesting? Oh, my God. Okay. I wanted to bring this up so bad. So she's... So Sue Peters... No, sorry. Faye Brooks. She's like, that guy's weird. She's like, he's weird. Well, and then they have this, like, news footage of this guy, and he's like, so... <laughs> he goes, so did you kill those ladies or what? That's what the that's what the journalist says. The, the and journalist. Melvin, <laughs> and Melvin Foster goes, no, but I wish I had. I mean, I wish I knew who did. 
And I was like, what the I've, fuck is I've happening I've seen right now? that footage a bunch. But oh it's like, god. are you joking? Oh my god. Melvin Foster, what are you even doing? So like that whole exchange was oh, like, it's, did you kill those ladies or what? Oh, I wish I had. <laughs> oh my god, what the fuck? But he's like one of those people that I'm talking about. Like we were talking about how people were stupid back mm-hmm. in the old days. Mm-hmm. Like he's got like an olden times stupid guy yeah. kind of quality. I'm like, oh boy. Ugh. I wonder what uh, he's doing now. Oh, he's gotta be dead. You know, you think he's dead? We should Google that. Maybe not right now, but like Melvin Foster, like, because he, let's see, he was 40, early 40s. He's not dead. That was 40 years ago. Mm, I bet he's still kicking. He may be. Um, But in Chasing the Devil, Dave Riker talks about the fact that Faye Brooks goes in to interview Melvin Foster and he calls her the N word. What? He calls her the N word, and I think he may also call her a cunt. Like, I'm like, oh my god. He did? I do not yes! remember that. And she's oh like, shit. All right. And like, walks out of the, the interview. Ooh, I would not have put up with that. What do you do? I would beat the shit out of the witness. I know. I know. That's what police can get away with. <laughs> Except probably not a black female cop, unfortunately. But that's like a time where it's like, absolutely beat yeah. him up. Like, absolutely. Let, give her, just let her have free reign. <laughs> That's so fucked. Do fuck Melvin Foster. He's such a piece of shit. It's so pathetic. Um, So they don't don't spend a ton of time on him, but I think, yeah, they do have some footage of him. Um, But yeah, but then they get into, like, when they were investigating Gary Ridgway and looking at his house in 1987, and that's when it was like, oh, Oh we get pictures of his house. His bedroom? The bed where he literally it took so many women's lives hold on we're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna pause we're gonna pause um I'm sorry. okay laughing. okay we're back <clears throat> we're back we had to refresh our drinks <laughs> um but yeah so we're it's 1987 and we get the fucking photographs of the inside of his house okay wait i just need to say something I did not realize before this documentary that he and Judith were together. She was living in the house at this time. Yes. I did not know that. But they had... Girl... When did they meet? 85? If you were a motherfucking Judith, if... Okay, if you met Ivan, and within that time you had moved in, you weren't married yet, but you had moved in together, and the cops come in thinking that he's the Green River Killer, do you stay with him? No, you don't stay with him. Okay. It's a little misunderstanding. No. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to I'm going to stand up for Judith here. This is a woman who's gotten out of an abusive marriage. This is a woman who has bad self-esteem. This is a woman who, who doesn't have bad self-esteem. All right, we all do. But this is a woman who desperately desperately wants to believe that this is a misunderstanding. And to be fair, they have done this with other men who were not the Green River Killers. So it's not as far-fetched as it may seem. I'm I'm not trying to say that, like, it makes a whole lot of sense. I don't think it does. But I also think that she she needed something and she needed to look the other way about this. And so I think she did. And honestly, if she had left him, he would have gone back to killing, like, probably full time. And I'm not trying to put this on her. It's in no way her responsibility at all. But I'm just saying that, like, in the grand scheme of things, it definitely fucked her life up. But she had a she had a happy marriage with him, and he had a happy marriage with her, and it did. I think it probably saved some lives. 
Yes, it was it was interesting though because they they discuss that also in the documentary about like oh yeah he like really slowed down um, and then they interviewed Judith after he's caught and she's like I'm just like how could you do this to me and I'm gonna be like how could he do this to you girl like how would he do this to those women I know you know so I don't know it's, but it's, it's and to be fair like I've we've both read the Penny Moore head book oh. about Judith. So I I don't think of Judith as being self-involved. I think she's... I think she does care. Uh, oh, God, I'm... Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm going to defend her. I am. I think she does care about what happened. I think she was so profoundly traumatized at that moment where she was being interviewed that she was very much focused on her no, own I get it. And pain. I totally agree. I mean, like, like, it was right after it all happened. I get it. But... I just... I don't know how to ch- I don't know how to like change the narrative because I think that when men do shitty things, which they do a lot, we tend to look at their wives or their girlfriends or whatever and kind of be like, "Well, how can you stay with them?" Blah 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 blah. I'm like, why the fuck are we focusing on them? Like, focus on the fucking no, oh man. You're totally right. Like that is and that is not the way that like obviously I want to come off. No, but and I, mean, I don't think you're coming off like. But that. I'm just saying, like, if you were in that. If you were in that situation, like, wouldn't you be going, like, the fuck? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You can come in. It's okay. <laughs> hey, Ivan. Hey. Oh, my yeah. God. Ivan, you can be on our podcast. <laughs> Say something. You can be, Ivan, what do you think about the reader? You can be famous to, like, tens of ten people, people. Ten people. <laughs> That's too much. Is it too much fame for you? <laughs> We're getting ice. Yeah. Are we getting more? Are these old fashions that we're doing? Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't know. I couldn't remember the name. It was so delicious. Oh my god. Ivan makes excellent drinks. Seriously. Ivan, I was just telling Carrie that if I lived with you, I would be an alcoholic. (laughs) It would be a situation. Be a situation. It would. Well, now that you guys, now that you guys are going to be working next to each other, you're, you can like, well, I guess it's not the same thing. But you can go out for drinks after. Oh my god, that's true. I can become an alcoholic still. Perfect. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Ivy. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was just going to say I could, I could show you all the spots in the area. Oh. Unless you've been in that area before. Oh. Everything's right near square though. So. <gasps> yes. Ooh, Ivan gonna show me all those spots. Did you see that fucking thing in his ear? Yeah. What's happening there? I don't know. Is he listening to the thing downstairs? I don't know. Which, whatever was happening down there was so high tech. I was like, there were like different stations. There was a projector. There were people on the phone. I was like, what is it's going It's like a fucking on? boiler room down there. It I don't know like, what's happening. Girl, you know what it reminded me of? Hackers, that movie Hackers. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. Is Angela oh, Jolie in yes, that? Yes, it's such a good movie. You have to watch There's it. There's no love way it. that's a good movie. No, it's awful, but you'll love it. It's so it's so 90s, It's a peak girl. 90s. Oh my God, you got to watch it. <laughs> okay. Okay, anyway. We're, okay, so back to the I'm like, what are we even talking about? Oh, Ju- yeah, Judith. Judith not running screaming the other direction yes. but but like okay he, okay they were talking about this because he, she straight up was like sleeping in the bed where he had like murdered all these women and they were like gary like what did you what were you thinking when she was like sleeping in the bed and he was like but it bothered me so much i uh, stayed up all night and cried 
And I'm like, mm, did you though, Gary? Did you? You know what was interesting too during this documentary? You could really see the different way. Like, you know, in Defending Gary, how they're talking about how he like gets all like when he's with the ladies and then with the men, he like will try to be able to. You could see it. It was like so apparent in this. I was like, oh my God. I know. When it's... he was talking to that prosecutor lady every time, because she'd be like, Gary, and then he'd be like, for me <laughs> yeah my life has been so hard oh my god such a victim such a victim um but but yes this this particular sequence was i don't know what you would call that when it's like you have an intellectual itch that is scratched oh. like something you've needed to know for your whole life and you finally get to know it like here's a really stupid so example delicious. are you ready for an example sweet valley high <laughs> Really high. Okay. okay. So going with this. Yeah. Okay. So I there was a period in my life where I owned every Sweet Valley High book, and the best part of them are the cover art. Oh. The cover art is great. Oh my god. Great. Like, so great. Okay. There's clearly like models posing for these pictures, right? Yeah. So the question I always had was, who the fuck are Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield? Who poses for those pictures? Oh my god. Did you see it? Yes. And I found who it was. <gasps> And she was like a soap actress from the 80s, of course. Because of course. Of course. But it was like seeing photographs of her. And actually, you can see the photographs of her posing for the for the covers. <laughs> there's only one person. There's not twins. But it was just like, there it is. There's the piece of information I've needed for 30 years. So this was that. This was that moment where the camera goes in and not just goes into the house as it is now, which I would also pay easily thousands of dollars thousands of dollars to walk into that house right now wait can i say something about that yeah. really quick there is so much footage i was so surprised at how much footage there was outside of that house there was a lot <laughs> including the dog who lives there i know and i was like did they get permission because i feel like they didn't get permission. do you need permission to film the outside of somebody's house i feel like you should have permission i don't think you need it i mean i think it's considered like filming the sidewalk like i don't think you need oh i don't know that but straight up so much footage oh yeah they were clearly just standing outside this house with like a camera and like at different times of day there's like a shot of like the dog that lives there which i've seen this dog it's like outside sleeping in the nighttime and i was like this poor dog what are you doing what are you doing and those poor people oh okay so we're just gonna take a little detour here because i need to so first detour the high school that he used to work at, it, it got out to the student body that I was maybe a little bit interested in the Green River Killer. And so I had, <laughs> yeah, I had a reputation. It wasn't, it wasn't good. But I had a student one day, oh, and I can't remember his name. He was really cool. He was a freshman. And, oh, I think um, the librarian at the middle school had told him about me. So he already knew, like, the story when he came in. <gasps> And so I remember he was like, hey, like, I hear, like, you're interested in the Green River Killer. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I am. And he was like, oh, I stayed at his house. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait, what do you mean? And he said, yeah. He's like, I was staying at a friend's house. I was spending the night. And when I was over there, um, they told me that the Green River Killer used to live there. And I was like, (gasps) what? Where is this house? And he was like, well, you know, like, it's in SeaTac. And I was like, is it off Military Road? He was like, yeah. I was like, is it right next to I-5? He was like, yeah. And I was like, 
my god. So I was like, well, and, and of course, because of course I can't remember exactly what he said, but I definitely was like, what did you think? Being there, like, I didn't want to push him into, like, was it haunted? Yeah. Like, I didn't want to go there. <laughs> but, I mean, I was like, were you, did you feel uncomfortable? Did you feel scared? And he was like, yeah, it was definitely weird. So I'm like, okay, so that place is a rental, which makes a ton of sense. because the same Oh, it's a rental? It's a rental. Which, cause oh, this, I did not know that. Yeah, because the same guy has owned it since, like, 1999. So <gasps> the guy who owns it now was the same guy who owned it when Gary Ridgway was arrested. Oh. And I was always like whoa like he still lives there like that's wild like i can't imagine oh i had no idea yeah but i didn't know it was a rental but that makes sense because every time i've gone by there's yeah. like different cars out front uh-huh. it looks slightly different so i'm like yeah that would make sense that it's a yeah. rental. Mm-hmm. so anyway so that kid stayed there i didn't get a lot of details but it was still like that's fucking wild what? um and the other thing is that i was googling this was a couple months ago but i was googling his address in google maps Oh my god. And there is a fucking historical marker on Google Maps that says Gary Ridgway's house. Oh my god. Like, you're never gonna escape it now. No! So I'm like, those people who live there, like, dude, like, they're just probably (laughs) dealing with, like, people driving by all the time. Which, how did Google allow that? I don't know! What, are we just gonna put that on every murder house? And and that's the the thing, is I looked at, like, other sort of well-known... Yeah. Nothing. Nope. And I mean, I would agree. I think it does deserve a historical marker. I mean, I think that is a historic... Mm. I mean, it is. It is, but like... I don't know. I don't think it should be on Google Maps. No. That is a that is a stigmatized property at that point. Oh my god. Very stigmatized. As it should be. So, I mean, it should. You're right. So anyway, so tell us... Tell, give me your feedback about... Oh, the inside of Gary Ridgway's house circa 1987. Okay. So first off, um, it looked like, okay, the only way that I can describe it is that it looked like dirty 70s. It's like, it was like so, like, you know how like there's that like quality of the 70s pictures where you're like, ooh, that probably stunk like cigarettes. Everything's Like, like... Brown, brown, green, yeah. and and looks like it has like a film of nicotine yeah, on it. Which okay, I was thinking about this and like, ferns, lots of ferns. Oh my god, so many, so ferns. many ferns. <laughs> like, were they fake ferns? Because they were very green and hanging from like weird places. I don't. In the I think though, I think those were real. That's like the seventies oh, through and through, just god. like fucking hanging ferns everywhere. Oh my god, and it was like brown shag carpeting. But like, I think about this, like, how was that ever chic? Like, in the 70s, how are people like, ooh, yeah, let's make my house as dark as I can with all this wood paneling and brown <laughs> carpet, you know? Like, and like, dark wood. I don't know. I know. And so I'm like, oh, my God. So it was very, it looked very dirty 70s. And then, oh, my God, it, they showed the bathroom. Oh, they showed the bathroom. There was, like big like daisy stickers like non-skid stickers all over the tub and and on the side of the tub i was like why do you have them on the side you're not stepping on the side there was like so you can have sex in the shower (laughs) and not fall over fuck off dude why do you have to say that shit i do not want to imagine gary and judith having sex i don't imagine gary having sex anyone i don't want to imagine anyone having sex with anyone ever Girl. Anyway, <laughs> also the toilet had like one of those like yarn coverings that was like yellow and frizzy, mm-hmm. which are so disgusting because you know how much bacteria is probably all up in that fuzzy toilet oh seat cover. Yep. 
And then the bedroom. Okay, so the bedroom had like, it was like a, there was like a four poster bed, right? And it was white with like gold, like a like gold paint accents um, and like a matching like, like dresser. yeah like a dresser with a tv on it yeah and then there was like ferns hanging from the ceiling and then girl can we talk about the the wallpaper the wallpaper which was one of those like gigantic it's like a photograph it's yeah. like a gigantic photograph of the forest <gasps> that you put on your wall and i remember these i remember going to a vietnamese restaurant that was in it was in chinatown across the street from the old Awajimaya. And it had that too. Like it had like one wall was like that, like forest Girl, wallpaper. I need to say this. I kind of like it. No, I kind of like it too. I sort of love it. And this one in particular, it was like autumn. It had like yellowish leaves. Yes, and like and like, and like sun, kind of yeah. like like breaking through the trees. Yeah, that may be something that we should bring back. That could be Girl, that could be a fashion choice, or it's not fashion, but an aesthetic choice from. The seventies. Kind of thinking about it, I was like, maybe I should do this, and then I was like, gross. I'm trying to be Gary Ridgeway. That's awful. But dude, like he totally did that because he loved having sex in the woods, and that really horrifies me. Oh my god. And you can see that Judith lived there at this point because there are unicorns fucking everywhere. Dude, I miss the unicorns. So, so when I watched it the second time round, Ivan who. Tries to be classy and like not into this shit, but it, like is totally into this shit. He was, he I was. Think that's what every husband. Does. I know, like, oh, what? Like, mm. Oh, you watching these murder shows? But then he'll like linger a little too long, you know. It's like, <laughs> like just you're fucking sit down and just enjoy it. Well, I know. not enjoy it, but whatever we're doing, mm-hmm. I guess it is enjoyment. It is, which feels gross. It is. I'm not. In, I don't enjoy that people died no. at all, but. There is an element of enjoyment to the whole thing, which is upsetting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we were watching the documentary and we would pause every time it like showed See, a different room. That's what I meant to do. Fuck. And there were unicorns <gasps> everywhere. Like in every room, there were unicorns. Oh. So what I okay, so this scratches the itch like eighty five percent, hundred percent would have been photographs from nineteen eighty two. Like, yeah. when it was just Gary Ridgway living yeah. there. Like, what did it look like as, like, just Ooh. single, fucked up, serial killer guy living there? Yeah, because, like, you know when men are alone, oh, their boy. decorating is, like, very bad. It's very spare and, like, gross. Uh, you know there wasn't, like... Like, Judith brought in those ferns. Judith brought in probably everything. Yeah. It was very cluttered. That was the other thing I was shocked about. It was, like... It wasn't a hoarder house, but it was like, ooh, this is too much. But that's what I hear about their house in general. Like, that's what the cops said, like, in yeah, their Auburn house. Yeah, tchotchkes and shit. Yeah. I mean, so I think... And that is sort of an American thing. It's like, a style you just choice. sort of, if you have... You got too much shit, yeah. and it's just kind of everywhere. But I... I will also say this. I wasn't as spooked by the house and the pictures as I thought I was going to be. Yeah. And I didn't know what to make of that. Um, yeah, it wasn't really like... I mean, I think when I saw the bed, I was like, Ugh. And Ugh, I don't know if you bed. can truly get vibes from photographs. Sometimes I think you can. Sometimes I think you can't. Girl, the amount of time that I've spent on Zillow looking at photographs, oh, you can get vibes from the photographs. I definitely will look at houses. <laughs> I use Redfin, not Zillow. 
But I will definitely look at houses where I'm like, mm, 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 yeah. mm, something's <laughs> fucked up there. Uh-uh. Yeah. So it, it was, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and then it leads into maybe my second favorite part of the documentary where they interview his across the street neighbor. <gasps> and she straight up says, if any house is haunted, it's that one's, that, that one is. I know. And I'm like, yeah. Because he said at least 20 or 30 women were killed there. At least. At least. Because, yeah, the vast majority of them would have been, I would imagine. Think about that. 30 people. That's a lot. That's so many people. I can't actually cannot think of another house where that many people were killed. I can think of, like... No. Fucking, like, death camps. I mean, Poland. Right. I mean, I can think of places where a lot of people died, but I can't think of a house, like, a structure. No. Oh, no. So, so it's really weird. And stigmatized properties, I've spent uh, too much time, like, delving into that. But most of the time, when there are very high-profile crimes that happen in a house... Oh, they tear that they shit tear down. They tear that shit mm-hmm. down. So it's really interesting that in this case, they didn't. Mm-hmm. And I know why they didn't. I mean, because there was so much time that passed. Right. Well, I mean, and, like, they hadn't caught him. They didn't know for, what, like, 20 years. So you can't just, like, have... You can't go in afterwards and be like, oh, we're going to tear your house down. So surprise, like so many women lost their lives here. We're just going to tear your house down. Sorry. Like you can't do that. No. There's another thing, though, that I think is part of the issue. Because I'm thinking specifically John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm -hmm. Both of those places torn right down. Right. Both of those places, though, also had bodies in them. Yeah. Or body parts, unfortunately. Um, and I think that there is something about that that people find so upsetting that it's it's like a grave. Yeah. So it's like, oh, no, no. Although John Wayne Casey saw somebody else built a house on top of it. I know. Girl in Surfside. Mm. I know. It's like one big old grave and they are developing that shit. So. Well, and fucking 9-11. Now, this was, what was I reading? I can't remember where I was reading it. Oh, no, I was reading the Station Fire book again. Ooh. Which is so good. Did you read that? Mm-hmm. It's like weirdly good. It's really good. But they were talking about, um, I don't remember what the chapter was about. It was about, like, what happens to bodies in a, in a fire. But they were talking about 9-11 and how, like, a forensic pathologist was down. This was right after it happened and was walking down the street and was like, oh, there's fucking, like, body parts everywhere. Like, little tiny ones. Like, yeah. little tiny pieces of bone. little t- I mean, yeah. stuff that the average person would not probably see, but they were everywhere. And, and they're like, oh, my God. Like... This entire area is just like a fucking a mass grave. Yeah, girl, they so like the pieces that they were able to pick up, the little tiny pieces, in that one book, that working stiff book, they mm-hmm. were talking about having a semi truck full of just tiny little body parts. Yeah. A semi truck. And they had to go through and fucking do like DNA testing on all of those <laughs> little teeny tiny parts. And I and I can't remember the statistic, but it's like it's something like only forty percent. Oh of God. like families of 9-11 victims ever got anything back oh it's either 40 percent or 60 percent. i can't remember which it goes but it's like either way like almost i mean almost half oh my God. or a little more than half like just fucking have nothing which like it's surprising that 40 percent got i know yikes so but yeah i think that probably does have a lot to do with it also is that like he didn't he didn't keep the bodies there yeah, and so that would be interesting if it was the same timeline. Like, he had, like, buried bodies there, like, let's just say. 
But then does it make the places where he left the bodies stigmatized? I think so. I also think so, but I mean. Which is a wonderful segue, but we can also keep talking about if you have other things to say about the documentary. I don't, but can we, um, can we talk about the other new development since, what's the other one? Um, that Bones 10 was identified from the baseball field. Oh, yeah. So speaking I speaking of stigmatized, like, oh, yeah. place. I was going to talk about that in the, in the sort of Google oh, yeah. Earth thing, but we can, we can talk about it now. Girl, let's go for it. Let's just edit this part out. Um, okay, so for work, I don't know, this was like a month and a half ago, one of my coworkers was like, oh, Google Earth. Like, we should, like, you know, recommend teachers use Google Earth. And I was like, yeah, I've never really used Google Earth. Like, I need to, like... I should go like try it out. So I get into it and I'm like, oh, this is way better than what I remember. Like, yeah, girl, I did not know you could do this stuff with this. No. My my memory of Google Earth, which is from like 10 years ago, was like, it was like a program you had to download uh-huh. and it was like really glitchy and shitty. And I was like, I don't want to use that. Um, so anyway, use Google Earth if you want to like make maps. But so anyway, so once I got in there, I was like, oh shit. This is the perfect tool to do the thing that I've been meaning to do for, I, I mean, probably 10 years. I've been meaning to do this, which is map out where all the bodies were found. Oh my God. Girl, this is amazing. Thank you. Um, I don't know. Now, to be fair, I can't tell for sure how accurate it is. But what I did is I went into like the, um, I don't even know what it, what document it is. But it was it, it's like the, the prosecutor's like summary of evidence or something. You can find it online. But it goes through like count one, count two, count three, like all the different, all the people he killed. And it, it gives a rough description of where the body was found. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. So I used that to- Go send that to me. Oh, yeah, I'll send it to you. I, I think you've read a lot of it before. So so I, what I did is I went through that and then did the best I could to find like where everybody was found. And I, I'm pretty close. I'm, I'm pretty close here. Like I'm within- definitely within a half mile probably probably a lot closer than that in some cases in some cases i'm exactly right Right. and i know i am um and this was i have to say this was a very profound experience to do this because i really had not visualized where all these women were and it's not where i thought they were in some cases and so to see it and to and to see the patterns of of like the the you know the groupings of the victims and when they yeah. were taken um, was like, this was, this was a, I don't know. I don't even exactly know how to describe it, but I'm very glad I did this. Cause it made me feel very, it, it gave the whole thing a new dimension and made me feel sad in a way that I think I hadn't before. And that sounds very callous, like, oh, I didn't care. It's not that I didn't care, but it, it had, it was very removed. It was like, oh, yeah, like, people, you know, 40 years ago were killed. Yeah. People I didn't know and only have a photograph of it, don't know a lot about them. But to somehow, like, to really, like, pinpoint, like, where on a map, like, their bodies were found and then associate that with, like, their photograph and then when they were taken. There was something about that that was a very interesting experience well and like just looking at this and so i hope you're gonna post this on the website. oh yeah definitely will so it's like so shocking um how many mm-hmm. like how many points there are it's like 
oh, holy shit, you know? And, and it is, did you notice any patterns that you hadn't thought about before? There was definitely, there was some of the dump sites, all of the, all of the women were taken at the same, not at the same time, but like, like sequentially. Mm-hmm. It'll be like, you know. Like he's using, oh, like I'm going to dump them in this like one area. Yeah. So it's like right everybody now. I take for the next month is going to be in this area here. Wow. So, but sometimes it's not. So sometimes he would take a woman to a location and then wouldn't come back for a year mm-hmm. with anybody. And then there's some of them that were just left alone by themselves. And there, there is no like pattern to it. It's just they're by themselves completely. Hmm. Um, there's also a lot of victims on here that I've never heard before. I've never I, heard their names. I also added people on there that he suspected of killing. Oh. But there's no bodies. Interesting. Or bodies were found, but he didn't confess to necessarily. Although most of the, I didn't, like, I didn't put people like Amina Agashev on there. Yeah, I don't because she I was not a green I don't think she victim. was. So if there were people that were like, or like Leanne Wilcox, do you remember her? Uh-uh. She, Dave Rager talks about her, but she was, she was a prostitute. She was 16. She was found like a couple months before Wendy Caulfield and she was found like right off military road, like on military road in federal way. Oh. Um, and so for a long time they suspected him of killing her, but he, they actually, they totally like found who did it. And so like, they know it wasn't him. Oh, so that's probably a bad example because I know it wasn't him. But like people who, yeah, it's like no, like he he's not he's not the killer. Um, but it was interesting, like uh, or not Roberta Hayes, um, Linda Rule, uh-huh. like to actually figure out like oh that's not where I thought it was. Like I totally I was having a totally different. Location in mind of where she was actually found. I have a question about that because in the documentary they say they call it wasteland, and I'm like, why are they calling it a wasteland? It's like not wasteland. It's like North Seattle. There's like actually, yeah. I don't know. I I like and because it's by the hospital. It's by Evergreen Hospital, right? Yeah, or Northwest Hospital. Yeah, I think that's the same one. Yeah, but it's right next to the cemetery. Yeah, it's um. So it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know what it looked like in 1982. But that's interesting. And there were more people taken from like Aurora, like North Seattle, than I realized. Yeah. So that's also interesting. I always think of everybody as taken from down here, but it wasn't. Which is also funny because um, now, like, I don't see any prostitution at all um, really on the strip anymore. Um, Where I do see a lot of prostitution, though, is... Up in North Seattle. I've heard it's very bad. Oh, like, it's like in the middle of the day, driving down Aurora, and then women are standing on the fog line. And it's like, like it's not hidden or anything. And that's relatively sad. new. Like, there was a period of time where you really did not see prostitutes. No. Like, excuse me. I would say that that's like in the last, like, five years. Yeah. That it's like, oh, yeah. And I, I see prostitutes down here now. Like, down at, like, 216th. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And you didn't like there was a there and I've seen them in Tukwila too, so like there, you're starting to see more of it again as I think society is kind of, to say put it generously is not in a good place right now. I think you're seeing more, you know, like women who are being fucking sex trafficked. Yeah, and that's the other thing is like I think my understanding of sex trafficking is really different. Yeah, than it was like I watched um, it was a Frontline about women who are sex trafficked in, I think, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Like, 
I never quite understood like how does that even happen like what's 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 the story here like what's 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 the sequence of events and they interview and these are straight teenagers I mean these are like 16 oh year olds you know and they talk about like they meet somebody online you know like some dude they meet I mean like you know through I, I was about to say Facebook I'm like wait no the teenagers do not <laughs> use Facebook um you mean meta uh, meta Mm, I, I have so, Girl, many things, don't even. so many things to say I about know. that. Um, yeah, and some, you know, some doodle, and they'll just be like a guy their age. You know, they're like, oh yeah. Wait, it's actually a guy their age. I don't know if it actually is, but they think it is. And then it'll be something of like, oh yeah, like come, like hang out, like let's meet up, and they'll be straight kidnapped, like straight up, just wait. Kidnapped. That's actually real. Because okay, yes, girl, like this is the thing. Like you know, I like will listen to these like missing podcasts or whatever, and like. Everyone's like, oh, sex trafficking. And I'm like, yeah, but does that really happen? Me too. How does that, how does, how does it, how, how? I think it's teenage girls online. You know, like I seriously, like I can imagine doing this too, being like, oh yeah, like I met some guy online. We're like chatting for a couple of weeks and then they want to meet. But wait, do they like get on drugs and that's why they're stuck there? Like what is the situation? How do they get into it? My memory is that usually what happens is they'll get kidnapped i mean basically it'll be like a car will pull up and it's a lot of guys in the car it's not just the one that they thought they were talking to and they're like you know in a gang yeah and we'll take them to a hotel and say so guess what you're doing this now and you know and we'll basically just be like you can't leave what the fuck we're going to be here like outside the door and we're gonna bring men to you to have sex with oh my god so, I mean, some of these, I and mean, I don't think it's always how it is. I mean, I think sometimes it's more gray than that. I mean, I think there's there's times when... I'm never letting Luke go online. Exactly. The internet is a fucking cesspool. Because oh at God. least, at least down back in like 82, I, it certainly was not better. But, but I mean, it, was it, was it wasn't like that, Girl, I don't think. this is the thing that was shocking to me, though, is like how young all of these women were, right? They're like... The youngest is 14. 14. I know. And like, okay, Wendy's sister talks about, or the, who was it? Maybe it was, um, it was Thomas Guillen in the documentary is talking about Wendy Caulfield, right? She's 15 at the time, talking about turning a trick or two or three. Like the fact that a 15 year old is like, I'm going to go turn a trick or two or three. Like that is very... It just, like, that is beyond, like, it's, I can't believe that that is ever even a thing. And maybe, like, kids are, I mean, I think 15 back in the 80s was different than 15 now. Um, but not really. You know? Like, no. that, what the fuck? Like, I just don't, and, and I don't understand how these people, I mean, they're so young, and, like, their families are just, like, not involved. Like, what? It's, it just, I don't, I don't understand. And so, I mean, I think, yeah, I think she's an example. I think, like, Deborah Estes is an example. I mean, a lot of these women, I think, are examples of they're not being sex trafficked exactly. Well, but the boyfriends as their parents. But some of them, I mean, some are just choosing this. I mean, it's not as simple as just, like, oh, they're all victims who don't want to be doing this. I mean, I don't think anyone really wants to be doing this, but it's, I think there's a variety of, of, things that are happening here and Wendy Caulfield I mean she's probably sexually abused uh yeah 
she you know, she was 15 she had no way of getting money oh my god you know so it's like it's fucking complicated but I think society I think was in a very dark period that, then I mean I think it was like the hangover of the 70s yeah and just and I think the way that they talked and looked at these these victims were like oh they're prostitutes I'm like dude they're, they're ch- children they're children they're little kids they're not you can't label them prostitutes they're children like 14 15 like, like that's those are little kids and I hope that if this happened today it would not be like oh they're prostitutes it'd be like uh no like he's a child murderer because oh he's not labeled as such he's no. not labeled as a child murderer but I mean he was he, yeah absolutely oh my god so yikes yeah um, will you pull up the planning document real quick? Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see what else I wanted to talk about. Um, oh, um, yeah. So, okay. So the Seattle Times archives. Oof, oof, oof. So much stuff. So much stuff. It's been great. So I was digging and I found um, where Gary Ridgway lived with his second wife in Maple Valley. Oh. So, because there was a birth announcement of their son, and they give their address, <gasps> and I was like, "Oh shit!" So, not far from where Carol Christensen was found, of course. Really? No. And that's the thing is, like, all like it's very. There's a pattern here. I mean, like it's very clear when you see it on a map of like where the houses were and where the bodies were. Like these are all areas that he knows. Yeah. Like they're not they're not unfamiliar territory. So that that was interesting. Wow. Um, the other thing was I was I was never clear about where the bodies in the river were found. Mm. Like, I could not pinpoint it. I could pinpoint Wendy Caulfield, because that was easy, because it was like, okay, that you have the bridge, right, the bridge as a landmark. Right. But the the rest of them, like Deb Bonner, Marsha Chapman, um, Cynthia Hines, and Opal Mills, I was like, I don't know where they were. Because they would always like say, oh, they were by the, the meat packing uh-huh. factory, which isn't there anymore. So I was like, I, I have no clue. Where's that? Yeah. I finally figured it out. I, f- I can't remember where I found it, but I found like detailed descriptions of like where the bodies were found, like what the cross street is. And so that was, and so I went down there and then we went down there at night. Which was so fucking spooky. Okay. This road is terrifying it's in the daytime. Ter- it's terrifying. Um, It is absolutely like soul shaking at night and we so we drove along and there was like scary ass cars coming up so fast there were a shit ton of people just in their car like along the just road. along and the I'm river like, like in the middle of nowhere yeah at like pitch black dark so fucking scary then we went to fucking Co- cottonwood park or the former cottonwood park and what was that person doing there was like just someone outside of their car and i was like Oh my god, this is where we get killed. It yeah, so Frager Road is the it must be a very old road if I had to guess, but it 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 parallels the Green River. Like so it winds along with it and they've shut Ugh. they've shut a portion of it down, so it's like just a trail now. It's so scary. It's so scary. It's kind of amazing though. Like I sort of love it cuz you can get a sense of what it what that area looked like a long time ago. Yeah. Like it has it, it's a very the art project or that I think should be in there. Cause I think it it's, it's one of those places that I think is important, mm-hmm. like spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's very interesting to drive down there. And so spooky. It's very spooky. Like, and not even just because it's like, Oh, this is where women were 
dumped. It's it's actually like there's something about being down there uh-huh. that is very scary. And people live on that road, and I'm oh, yeah. like, how? Oh yeah, there's just like straight up houses, but not that many. No, not a lot. Yeah, no, I hell no. That place is is horrible. <laughs> the first time I drove down there, there was like a I was witnessing people just like some man beating another man. I was like, okay, this is <laughs> a bad place. It's it's a bad place. Yeah, yeah. I think there there is shenanigans that mm-hmm. go that go on down there mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Another thing that I found in my research is Casey Ann Lee, who she's a very early victim and her body has never been found. And Gary Ridgway said that he dumped her body behind the old Lewis and Clark theater. Where's that? You know exactly where it is. You where? Just, it's on 99. It's in Tequila. Like you would, t- it's, it's not a movie theater anymore, but it's an old like Quonset hut. It's like 518. Oh my god. And there's like the state patrol kind of little. It's like right next to that. (gasps) What? So that's where he said he dumped her body. And they went and looked and they couldn't find anything. But for the most part, he's been telling the truth about that kind of stuff. So anyway, so she's on the map of where he claimed to have dumped her. Oh my god. But that's like, that's, that's what's so spooky about this is that... There are victims that have not been found that are out there somewhere, and then there's people that we don't even know about that are out there somewhere. So okay, for my birthday, um, oh, we yeah. walked <laughs> Raper's Road, um, which was like a very illuminating experience. But it ended up at the baseball field, and that was the thing that I was like overwhelmed with while we were there. That like, yeah, three bodies were found there, but like, there could definitely be more. Oh, it, that's a spooky place too. All of these places, know, all these places are, are so spooky. spooky. Yeah, and I know that like most of the people listening to this don't live in this area, so yeah. I don't know if this means anything. It probably doesn't. It's like when people talk about you know fucking New Orleans being spooky. Right. Like I, I know don't, don't come here because there's too many people here. Yeah, already. yeah. Don't move here for sure. Don't don't move here and like honestly don't even visit. Like just like, <laughs> stay where you are. Just believe us yeah. when we talk about it, or just use some like street views. Yeah, that that's fine. That's are fine. fine. Yeah, but yeah, it's it it feels it feels intense for sure. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at the notes. Um, oh yeah, so Gary Ridgway, he his last house was in Auburn, and doing this mapping project, I realized like, oh, there's actually kind of a lot of victims in Auburn, and I did not know that. I always think of them as being farther north, I guess. Yeah. So Auburn is a suburb that's, it's very far south. I mean, like, it's this, it's South King County, like, all the way into, like, Pierce County. So it's, it's like, almost down by Tacoma, really. Girl, it looks like almost half of them are, like, in Auburn. Yeah, there's a lot. And so that's really interesting that, I don't know. And he didn't live there when he was doing this, but it's just, it's fascinating. It's almost like he, really, honestly, it's almost like he bought houses in specific Ooh. locations to be close to the victims. Ooh. Seriously. Even though, I mean, that may not really be true, because I think by the time he bought the houses, or the house in Auburn, I think a lot of the victims had already been found. But there is this weird... I mean, he has said this, that he was very... Um, he wanted to know where they were. Yeah. 
And that he, like, sort of owned them. Yeah, he saw them as kind of, like, his possessions. Yeah. So it's just, it's just interesting. Mm. It's just, it's just interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's bonkers. Um, talk to us about Shonda Summers. So Shonda Summers was, I, think, I believe she was taken in 1982. She was one of the earlier ones, I think. Um, and I had always thought that she was found down by the baseball diamond that you were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, I thought she was too. And she wasn't. So she was found up, so that the road, that the Rapers Road that you're talking about is um, South 146th, which goes basically from Highway 99, like, and sort of dead ends into the, these like little league fields that are north of the airport. Um, but she was actually not found with the other two victims. She was found at the sort of the crest of the hill next to this water tower or across the street from this water tower. And apparently there used to be a vacant lot there. Now there's like a, a Boeing or is Alaska Airlines? Maybe it's Alaska Airlines. There's a, an employee sort of building, but it used to be that was an empty lot and they would store the houses there that had been taken out of the abandoned neighborhoods. What? Yeah, they would like leave them there on blocks and she was found there. <gasps> no way. So she was not found where I thought she was. Oh, I thought she was at the baseball field. Yeah, because that's, that's where all the books actually list her as being, but she's huh. not. So she's like two, three blocks away. Wow. So she's really not even that close. That's crazy. But it's, it's like where she was found is like a major intersection. I mean, it's not a it's not a quiet street, so yeah. I I don't know how that happened. And then, did we talk about Wendy Stevens yet? No. So, so talk about her. Okay, so um, one of the bodies at the baseball field was unidentified for the longest time. They referred to it as Bones Ten, um, and since we've done our podcast, uh, she's been identified as fourteen year old Wendy Stevens. Um, she was from Colorado, Colorado. That's right. I, I forgot if it was California or Colorado, um, but she was from Colorado and like, didn't she get taken like really soon after she left home? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, she went missing like immediately. And most of these people did. Yeah. Like most of the women who I shouldn't call them women cause they're actually not, but yeah. people who were taken, who didn't work from here. Almost all of them were taken very soon after they got here. Probably because they didn't, like, know any, you know, they didn't know anything. So it was kind of, it was easy. Yeah. So, yeah, you can look her up and see, like, oh, God, like, an awful, like, you know, I don't mean awful, like, bad, but, like, you know, a posed picture, like, like, from Sears. Yeah, it's it's so sad. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my God, and she really looks like my high school best friend. Oh, really? Who also, like, it was kind of like a tragic figure. I don't know. Jesus. Um, that's really sad. And I mean, so she's the youngest that has, has been confirmed. Yes. I mean, who knows for those who haven't, but um, 14, 14 years old. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I put a lot of unconfirmed victims on this. There's, there are, these are the unconfirmed victims from Wikipedia. There's more out there like on the internet that you can find but there's also a lot of reasons why those those people are not considered likely green river killer victims so i only put the the few that were on wikipedia um but those are interesting as well um because some of these i haven't heard of some i have 
there's not a lot of information about any of them. Um, so I don't know. So on the map, I, I put their, their, their like markers as where they disappeared from. So where they were taken from. So some of them were taken from like downtown Seattle. One was taken from Tacoma. Did you put Cheryl Wynn's sister on here? Yep. You know where she was taken from? The Safeway parking lot. Absolutely. Oh my God. So do you want to talk about her? I don't remember uh, any details about her really. But I mean, just like that she's a victim. I mean, she's a a sister of a victim. Yeah. And is likely a victim. Right. So like, didn't she, what was her, she, why was she part? I mean, like, do you know any details around her disappearance? Um, okay. So this was Cheryl Wims's sister. Um, who was, what's her first name again? I don't remember. Here, go back to the planning document. It's in there. Oh, is it? Uh huh. Um, Deborah Wims. Oh yeah. So, yeah, so Cheryl Wims's older sister, Deborah Wims, was a prostitute, like known to be, and she goes missing in 1990, I believe. So Cheryl Wims goes missing in '83. Mm. Deborah Wims goes missing seven years later. Oh my god. Um, and she's really pretty. Like the pictures I found of her, I'm like, oh, like she's like really cute. I'm I'm being I'm being in rule. <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing it. <laughs> But I mean, probably because mm-hmm. the pictures of her are not mug shots. Like they're more yeah. like fun, like posing shots. Like you yeah. can, if you scroll down, you can. She's on here. Okay, I was gonna say she's almost towards the bottom because okay, she was one of the last see. ones that was taken. But there she is. Um. Oh my gosh, she looks like Cheryl. I know she does. So, and she was older. She was. I mean, not older, but she was in her twenties, like late twenties. Oh, she's so, so cute. She she was a known prostitute. She goes missing from um there's a Safeway that's on Highway 99 and South 216th Street, which is a fucking we went there. <laughs> that Safeway there's there's shit going on there all the time. Like somebody was shot in the parking lot there like a couple of days ago. I'm like, "Oh my, oh my god. god." Or they found her car there. They actually don't know where she went missing from. But it's, it seems very likely that Gary Ridgway killed her. He hasn't admitted to it, so they don't know that for sure. Oh, he did it. But he definitely did it, though, because even at this point in time, he had sold the house off of Military Road, and he was living in Des Moines on 253rd, which is still really close yeah. to this intersection. Um, but I just think about, like, their fucking mother. <gasps> like, are you kidding me right now? Two children. Yeah. Oh my god, I don't even know how you survive that. No. Oh my god. So I don't know any of the circumstances around it. Her body's never been found. So they're not, I mean, they're not even 100% sure she's dead. But, I mean, she, of, course, of course she is. She is. Yeah. So that was, like, that's something I didn't know about when we did the podcast before. Like, I didn't know these connections um, between victims like that. Like, oh, fuck. Oh my god. Or potential connections between victims. Um, wow. Yeah. Oh my god. Do you want to add anything about the about the other new development in the Green River Killer uh, canon? <laughs> no, I think you need to talk about that. Girl, I can't. I don't even know anything. So Penny Moorhead is now Penny Wood. Woods? Wood? I don't know. Something? Something. And... 
she did an updated edition. The 2021 edition of her biography of an unsuspecting wife. Girl, can you... Which I haven't read yet. Oh, you haven't? No. I need to get it. Um, Are you... We're both buying her book. So we're both going to have both editions. (laughs) We're single-handedly, like, paying her salary. We're keeping Penny afloat, (laughs) y'all. But, like, okay, Penny... Um, what did what did she add? What are like is, is there like a? I think it's just new? like the like what's happened with Judith in the last probably ten years. I don't mm. remember when that other book was written, but um, but apparently Judith has got you know a boyfriend. She's feeling real happy. Oh, is she thriving? She's thriving. Oh, yay! And she did have those wonderful photographs taken of her a couple of years ago. Do you remember that? No. What? Yes. Wait. What? Yeah, Judith. Remember, Judith had pictures taken. Yeah, we found them online. They're like these very gritty black and white pictures. What? No. How do I not remember this? Oh, they were, they're really good. What? Girl, wait. What? What are yeah, they? I'll find them. I don't even know how we found them, but it was like you just googled her name, maybe. And yeah, there were all these. Like I don't know who took them, but they're they're like yeah, they're really good. Are they in Penny's book? No. Oh, God, no. No, Penny Penny does, like, pixelated, like, she photocopies or scans, you know, like, Polaroids and then blows them up really big. So, like, they're super pixelated. That's all the pictures in her book. It's, I really feel like we could publish a book. Oh, we could definitely publish a book. We could self, I mean, anybody, we could anybody can publish a book. <laughs> I remember, like, maybe I said this already, but when Ivan was working in Indiana, his boss... His boss's wife self-published like this whole series of Christian literature, and she oh. gave us one of like her newest book for Christmas. And I can't. What was it called? Oh my god! Were you just like, thank you? Oh yeah, I was like, wow. Did you read a, it? I did. I read some of it. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was about the rapture because of course it was. Yes. I wish I could remember the name of it. And then I tried, oh. and then I tried to sell it on Amazon, but no takers. Oh. <laughs> you tried to sell it on Amazon, dude. She probably saw it and was like, "Oh no," because you know people who self-publish like that are like, they are looking for those copies. Who got my copy? And it was signed too. So Which, I mean, okay. Speaking of my Penny Morehead book, is signed. I know it is. I thought it was mine for the longest time, and then I realized it was yours. <laughs> I feel so famous. Yeah. So I mean, of course we could write our own book. I mean, look at the Amityville books out there. Oh God, <laughs> girl! I still think about supposedly all the time. It's so crazy. I think about the the, the George Lutz being a warlock book. <laughs> Girl, I like did not read that one, but we were just, oh, oh. you were reading it for the longest time, and I was like, Mm-mm, nope. George Lutz the Warlock. I miss reading like shitty books just for the purposes of, of this podcast. That that's, was that was fun. Girl, that's we just we need to pick a topic that lends itself to shitty books. Well, nothing's gonna beat out Amityville, clearly. No, ever. What else? What is another topic that is like Probably has a plethora of really shitty books. Something trashy. I feel like... Yeah. Ooh, girl, John Binet. Ooh, yes. Oh my god. I don't think I can talk about that, though. John Binet is probably, like... Has, like, the most trash 
associated with it. Well, of course. Which is so depressing. Okay, so did you ever listen to the last podcast on the left? For Domine? Yeah. No. Hell no. That may have been the first. That may have been the only. No, it wasn't the only. But that was one of the episodes I listened to. No, you can't and I was like, the last podcast left for that motherfuckers. No. Like, this is gross. Yeah, like, the no. whole thing was nasty. Because, like, I don't know. You can't really, like... They're, they're always just, like, <laughs> like laughing about shit. And it's like, I don't think you can really laugh about that. Because I've seen the pictures of her neck. I was on a, oh, an God. ID. It was me on an too. ID network yes, thing. And I was too. like... Me too. I'm never going to be the same again. Like, it, that fucked me up really bad. I mean, you can't talk about the murder of a child. Uh-uh. And especially because there's, like, a lot of pedophilia mixed in there. Yeah. Just in, It's, like, in the DNA yeah. of this story mm-hmm. that it's, like, ick. No, but people ick. totally do. And they relish in it, so. Um, which, there is a lot of pedophilia in this topic as well, clearly. Because it's young women there there is there is it's an interesting <laughs> and necrophilia and necrophilia just all kinds of philias all up in here Ugh. man fuck Gary Ridgway dude the, like uh, I really hate him he sucks uh, mm-hmm. he does he sucks a lot and he is such like a ooh, ooh. You know what? I'm sick of men being so sad for themselves. I mean, yes, obviously. Everyone's sad. Are we ever going to figure out why the fuck men are so violent? Yeah, because I think it's because they aren't allowed to have feelings. But, But it's, you know, and so that lends to the victimhood and then... They're mad because they're victims. Um, I think that's the the with the dynamic there. Um, but so, do you think if we allowed men to have feelings as a society, it would be less violent? Yes. I do th- you? I I do. I do think so. I do think so. Because I mean, all we do is talk about men mm-hmm. because men commit all the violence. Yeah, a lot of the violence. Yeah. I mean, like, like the vast, Most like the vast majority, the yeah. vast majority. Yeah. So no matter what we do, we're still just talking about men. Uh huh. Yikes. <laughs> Maybe we should just call this podcast men. Men. Men and their feelings. Men and their dicks. It's girl. It's a situation. It's a, like a serious situation, it's a situation, and it's been going on for a long time. Way too long so long um although i've seen a lot of um i think things are getting better i think the zoomers <laughs> maybe have a lot of feelings Wait, that, what's the new generation called the gen z they call they call them zoomers because oh, they're just like baby boomers but they're gen z what happens after gen z where do we go oh girl there's not going to be another generation member oh okay sweet yeah sweet sweet climate change is going to just kill us all off yeah, yeah so great. our kids will probably not even get to like they don't get to be a generation no they're just because they're doomed it's um you know it's nihilism man it's just it's the only way to cope it is really yeah so the zoom i mean i am seeing some very promising things with young people which i enjoy a lot i think the gender fluidity is great yeah 
Um, Because that might allow for more feelings. Yeah. But you know what? I also think that, you know, maybe you need to have a little bit of shame in your life. Not about gender, but I think just in general. And I think... (laughs) I mean, I think shame keeps you humble. I think a lot of the Zoomers are real. Girl, they are... Not feeling the humility as they should. Uh uh-uh. They're like... They're like... Daedalus's. They got that hubris all up over here. And, you know, I don't know. It's a problem. Yeah, maybe it'll be okay. Whatever. Oh, God. We've, we've, we've done that part of the podcast where we devolve into, like, existential despair again. So I feel like... That happens this- every time. Like, <laughs> literally every time. We're like, and... <laughs> The world's ending and everything's terrible. <laughs> I feel like we're constantly, every conversation just spirals downward I know. to like, oh God. <laughs> but you know what's fucked up? It's, it used to be, those were like, maybe just with you. Now it's like every conversation I have with everybody like spirals down into existential despair. I'm like, huh. It doesn't seem like that bodes well for the world. Uh all right, well... Well, any any final thoughts about, mm-hmm. you know, Gary Ridgway, his legacy, 20 years on? Like, fuck Gary Ridgway. Fuck Gary Ridgway. I hope he's having a bad time. Um, I hope that he... I don't think that he... Oh, this is another thing, just real quick. He talks about being a Christian and, like, having... Like, that God will wash away his sins. And I think, honestly, based on how he talks about it, I think that's, like, how he legitimately feel i think he's like absolved himself and that really makes me upset um is that what christians think though that's is, what is, that how it, is that how it works i think that's how it works dude that's why jesus died apparently well then so you can just do whatever the fuck you want apparently yeah. i mean if gary ridgeway's getting off the hook that you can just do anything yeah apparently oh. oh as long as you like accept jesus as your savior so like I'm just saying, I, th- I think that Gary has completely absolved himself, which makes me want to give, like, an even greater fuck you to him. Um, like, I, f- I just feel like, and I don't know, the way that he speaks about about these, like, like girls is horrifying. And I, like, I think that's really what I'm left with, is that I just really think he's such a fucking piece of shit. And I hope he's having an awful time in prison. He doesn't talk to anybody. Apparently, I, I was right. I don't remember where they were talking about that, but like people write him, and he doesn't write anybody back or like communicate with anyone, which I think is interesting. Yeah, it's sort of the anti Ted Bundy. Yeah. Which there there are worse things you could do than be yes. the, than be the anti Ted Bundy. Ugh, because like Ted Bundy is pretty much the worst thing you could do. Be all like. Want to talk to me? I'm so smart. <laughs> so know smart. All the things. Oh my god. Okay, what are your final thoughts? Um, I don't know. I'm glad we got to do this. I'm glad we got to revisit the topic. Um, I'm not sure this will ever go away as it like won't. as like a topic of of um. Fascination makes it sound positive. It's it's not positive. No. But a but a topic of um, interest and um, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know how to how to define this. But this is important. I think. I mean, I think there is something important about this that is worth talking about. Um, 
what what exactly i'm not sure i could like suss out right now but i mean i think i think it's something that is on our collective minds for a reason Mm -hmm. like i don't i i'm very irritated with the whole like true crime thing and sort of like let's dissect like true crime and why are people into that and Mm -hmm. i don't i don't enjoy the dissections and i don't enjoy mainstream true crime frankly i never really did um I watch it, but it feels gross. It does feel gross. This, weirdly enough, doesn't feel gross to me. And it's maybe because we live here and it feels more like local history as opposed to just like titillating, like, ew, like, you know, gore and violence. Right. Um, But yeah, I think there's some, there's deeper themes going on here than, and I think there's always deeper themes going on, but I think... Because we've delved into it so deeply, we can see the deeper themes here. I can see them more easily than I can in other cases. But I wonder if that's why this captures that it captures our imagination so much, where it doesn't a regular true crime audience. I think the fact when when you've been to these places and you felt how they feel, and then you're like, oh god, on top of it, there's like it just like it contributes to the whole like fucked upness of this place which is it's fucked up it's 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 fucked up this is a place that's fucked and it's not fucked up because of gary ridgeway no i think it would be fucked up no matter what oh no no. it's been i think it's been fucked up since the dawn of time yeah it's there's something weird here we live in a place that has a very funky energy i think um but i think this happened here partially because of the energy yeah and i sound like such a dipshit when i say that no it's true though and i think when you're here and you're in these places you yeah you see it and you feel it and it's like oh yeah which i think that's why it hasn't captured people's hearts minds it has for us you know well and i think because you're not distracted by gary ridgeway because he's not interesting right He's not a Ted Bundy. He's not a John Wayne Gacy. He's not a charismatic, flashy serial killer. You don't have to worry so much about him. You can really just focus on the fact that this whole area was a fucking, like, killing field. Mm -hmm. Like, women were murdered and just strewn about here everywhere. Mm -hmm. And society is... And I'm not going to go on the whole, like, oh, and the cops didn't care. And, like, that's not true. But... I think society was so warped at that point oh that they just sort of were like, oh, runaway teenagers, let's just not really think about that too much. Which, again, can we make a plug for that documentary? Which one? St- what's it called? Streetwise? Oh, Streetwise. Yeah, although oh they keep God. fucking taking it off YouTube, which is annoying. God. But yeah, Streetwise was right in the middle of this, capturing like all of these teenagers just running away from home. I'm... I, do not see the question being asked, why were they running away from home? Yeah. There's sort of this like, oh, teenagers, they just run away from home. No, they don't. No. They run away from home if there's fucked up shit going on at home. Like, yeah. So I think, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just our society is fucking broken. Yeah. It's fucking broken. And and it was back then, it is now. But I think now there's there are more, like, there's more supports, I think, for students now. Yeah. I mean, even working in a school, like, they, they there's a lot of people that are like, who work at the school and like who are brought in externally to like help. Yeah. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I think back then there was fucking nobody. No. I mean, I think you were just like left alone. So anyway, I mean, I think it, it's, <sighs> I think it's worth, 
it's worth looking at where our society was in this period of time and how we allowed this to happen Mm -hmm. and then how we forgot it you know what i mean it's like yeah. we let it happen and then it was like "Ooh, that sucked let's not think let's about not that anymore that portion <laughs> of our history yeah yikes well um yeah that's i guess that's that for now later we'll probably have more details <laughs> in four more years yes. we'll like we got things more things to say <laughs> but um you want to go to lewis and clark theater now and go just, look for just, some just look around yep. can you imagine oh god but I mean, that would actually be amazing oh to find her because I, I, I feel like I sound like a psycho right now. But like, her family is just waiting. Yeah. Is has been waiting for mm-hmm. forty years. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, probably everybody's dead by this point. I mean, that's how long it's been. Yeah, and how shitty that these people had to die, like not knowing. Ugh. All right. Well, we're off to the Lewis and Clark Theater. So thanks for listening. Bye.